0: Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Shane Demon and Father Travis Crotty.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Shane Demon, and I'm Father Travis Crowdy, and it's great to be with you, Father Travis. Always a pleasure to be back in the saddle, recording another podcast. Hey,
0: here we are, and I'm just always impressed. We've got a nice setup here. You you did a lot of research, and we've got nice equipment. But I hear it's not all. It's not only been on the audio recording end of things. You've dabbled in a little video recording.
1: I have Is been trying right? to dabble. Yes. Ah, wow. Um, so yeah, I did get kind of a, a camera, microphone, lighting system mm. uh, probably last spring, early summer, just to do more recording as cap- in my capacity as vocation director, because it's it's just nice to have updated videos of the seminarians, to have updated events of what's going on, do some quick shout-outs to people. And especially today, high-quality stuff, because yeah.
0: people spend so much time looking at videos and listening to audio that when it's low-quality, it's immediately like, nope, don't have time for that, Shut right. off.
1: Well, and I... I've done, you know, video editing over the years with just things that you record on your phone. Yeah. And that just wasn't cutting it anymore. You, you know you, next, you went
0: next level. I did. Hmm. I did so. I now. Do you do you sit in one of those little, um, those like foldable director chairs? Maybe do you wear a beret, or is it not as? I don't go with the beret. I grow yeah. a goatee. Oh sure, and yeah, then yeah. just you know, for the cut. Occasion. No yeah. lighting, makeup. No, I don't do that. Are I, there are there are there like little fruit trays available for those who? No, are there's no film? green
1: room. There's no green room. There's no green room oh. for the talent. Uh, for I, the ta- well, that's because you're filming
0: seven areas. Right.
1: <laughs> we have no talent. No, oh, we do. Yikes. We do. <laughs> we do. We do. Uh, no, I'm the. I'm the boom guy for lighting <laughs> and the microphone boom, and I'm the cameraman. I'm the director. director the editor. I do it. Yes. Ah, it's it's really-
0: The promoter, uh, yes. the development director. Yes. And yeah. the vocation director.
1: Yeah. You may, you wear many hats in the church. Uh, I, have, I have no staff. I have no beret. I have no goatee. <laughs> okay.
0: and the Do ta- you have one of the, what do you call the thing? The little like cut Clapper boards? Is that what you call it? Yeah. That has the stuff on it? Take- yeah, it's like it's like seminarian whatever video take five, like right. take fifty seven. Get it straight, boys. <laughs> uh,
1: no, I I don't have a clapperboard, but I probably should get one because then it, it would help video editing to know kind That's of what,
0: what what they're actually for. Right? right,
1: where's where's the mark that I need to get back to to get this good answer? Yeah. Um. So I I filmed all the seminarians. We did a whole day of filming. Well, when I've, I saw
0: that video, it came out really well.
1: Well, there's many more coming. Oh. I've, I've made like eight, you know, and it's all broken down by questions. So, you know, what's your family background like? When did you start thinking of priesthood? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's seminary like? What advice would you give towards those thinking of the priesthood or trying seminary? What are you looking forward to in your dreams of the priesthood? Yeah, All these kind of things. And the guys really gave some really beautiful and profound answers. Well, the videos turned out nicely. I'm so
0: glad that you you're doing that because when I was in... um, sophomore junior senior of high school i was looking for that kind of stuff and it was really hard to find at that time right as before kind of as many videos were available online but that would be such a good resource if i you know put myself back in that spot but you just showed me though the outtakes video right which is absolutely (laughs) hilarious
1: so Yeah, the seminarians have not even seen this. That was the world premiere of the outtakes video. Wow,
0: that I got to see this private viewing here. You had a
1: private viewing. You were the first audience member to see all the outtakes, all the bloopers when the camera was rolling. Cut. No, try that again. Cut. Okay, bug in the mouth. And, and, and,
0: (laughs) I mean, these guys were my brothers in seminary for years. Sure, you
1: know them all. Yeah. And you know their quirks that come out so strongly in the outtakes.
0: Yeah, it was wonderful. It was very good.
1: Yeah, I haven't figured out how I'm going to roll that out to the boys it might be single-handedly the greatest thing I've done as vocation director of the diocese of Sioux city. <laughs> you know, it's, it's great getting men and women into their correct vocations and actually fulfilling the work of the Lord, that, but that <laughs> editing
0: process nailed it,
1: it. It was worth it. Yeah. I've, I've gotten rather proficient at video editing now, not because I have nothing else to do with my time, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, there are certain things that I know that I'm looking for. Yeah. And it, is wonderful that it is. I, I actually have a video editor in Sioux City. He volunteers his time. Right. Shout out to Jeff Gordon. Hey. He helps me tremendously. <laughs> Not the
0: NASCAR driver, different Jeff Gordon. Different
1: Jeff Gordon, far more talented. Uh, <laughs> well done. This Jeff Gordon in Sioux City, he, he volunteers his time helping um, with video editing for my Parent University series, mm. um, catechesis videos for our parents in our Catholic school system. Um, that's tremendously helpful. But for some of these uh, seminarian things in the vocations office, there's certain things that I'm kind of looking for. And uh, I, I just wanted to step in and just do some simple video editing, but hopefully effective, that can kind of be produced quickly and get it out quickly. Because as we know, these videos get say, very quickly. Not yeah. only do certain men just discern out of seminary and go pursue a beautiful vocation of marriage, but you just want to keep things current. Yeah, keep it fresh. Right. And we don't have the budgets always to have a whole staff of video editing or, or
0: professional marketers. Right. Um, yeah, not everybody has spirit juice just on, their, on the back burner like Word on Fire or whatever. I know. You know? Bishop Barron gets to travel with a, a whole Sound and Light crew
1: all the right. time. And that's great. And that's providing an enormous professional uh,
0: ministry to the church. But we all can't have that. Right. Well, I helped um, my buddy. Shout out to Father Michael Tremmer in uh, the Diocese of Springfield, Illinois. Um, he, he, he dabbled in a little video editing actually before college, mm-hmm. he had thought about going to film school. So he, mm. he, he knew a lot of stuff and he actually had a homemade, uh, slider. So when you see those, those juicy slider shots on, sure. on really well edited <laughs> videos, he had one of these things and it was like, he you had to grease it yourself with like Vaseline. So then you could slide it back and forth. And uh, <laughs> this was hilarious. We like left it in a certain closet in the seminary while we were filming. And one of the maintenance men, who was also using the closet to like put bed frames together, clearly like set a like a cookie or something on Ooh. the thing. And <laughs> there's all these crumbs inside of it. He's like, "Come on, man! You couldn't even respect the the homemade uh, uh, video slider there." But
1: well, I would be more concerned about eating the cookie full of all grease. Well, now, you know, <laughs> I guess
0: it doesn't bother that guy. But
1: oh. anyways. Well, so, anyways, the seminarians will be seeing their outtake video at a time to be determined, uh, and it'll be a glorious unveiling. We look forward to you the know the reveal. You we'll know, sending, sending
0: that that link uh, to our listeners here so they can really watch. Yeah. The, really the worst <laughs> of our seminarians,
1: maybe the best when ah, they show their true colors. That's true. That's true. Right. They show their humanity in a very incarnational sense. That's Beautiful. Yes. Mm. Yes.
0: <laughs> what are we talking about today besides weird seminaries?
1: Well, you know. In our last episode, by the way, shout out to Hillary Drafts. That was the Ooh. one speak, speak a seek conference keynote address yes. that I just couldn't think of in our last episode from last week. She did a great job um, on Saturday night talking about belonging. How does one actually belong to the church? How does one get incorporated into this sense of something bigger than oneself? She did a great job broadcasting right. from Lincoln. I just couldn't remember her name. Anyways, we were talking in that last episode. Just kind of a a build-up and a kickoff to the season of Lent, and now it's here. Right now. We are now in the season of Lent. And just given how the pandemic has affected so many people's lives, I'm sure many people just feel like, wow, I've been living Lent for a while. Yeah, There's been kind of a restriction. There's been a sense of fasting, fasting of travel, fasting of restaurants, fasting of getting— people's faces. Seeing people's faces, you know. Even just the penance of wearing a face mask that might, you know— put you in a sense of uncomfortability, right. but you're helping to protect the lives of others.
0: And, and like the, the sense of the, the Lenten experience of maybe a little bit more intense prayer when right. you, kind of families praying at home together in a, in a new way for the first time way back when, or just being forced to kind of reconcile stress and anxiety right. and things like that and trying to turn to the Lord when that has happened.
1: Right. And so because people have been carrying this heaviness during the pandemic, I think that opens up some avenues to make Lent all the more rich, all the more fruitful, but it but it also has to be more intense. Right. It almost seems ridiculous to say, Well, I'm gonna give up chocolate this year. <laughs> right. I'm gonna give up broccoli for Lent, you know you know, right. long go the rutabagas of my life. You right. know? It's not very
0: hard to like think, Oh, shoot, now it's Lent. Now I really need to think about how I can change my life. It's right. pretty pretty easily kind of wearing it on our sleeves, you know. Right.
1: So I I think that has to kind of intensify things. And the way to intensify it, folks, is not necessarily to just, like, go beat yourself up. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not more holy if you just decide to, like, punish yourself. (laughs) You know, yes, there are saints that have undergone self-inflicted scourgings and whatever, but that was the fruit of their relationship with Jesus. That wasn't just kind of like, ooh, I need more suffering. You know, and then I'll just suddenly, you know, ascend to the highest heights of, you know, holiness. Yeah. No, the, uh, not
0: necessarily. The Auxiliary Bishop Emeritus of the Archdiocese of St. Louis, Bishop Herman. Mm-hmm. Extremely, yeah, joyful, holy man who lived in the seminary with us. He would always say, and he'd always follow it up with this little giggle, and he'd say, willpower Christianity just doesn't work. Right. Oh, we could try it. We try so hard. Try, 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 try really hard. He just said, that doesn't work. Jesus has to do it.
1: Right. And so I think one of the things that we could do in this kind of rather intense time that we're living in for the season of Lent is not necessarily um, just as you say, willfully just try harder. Because for some people, as I say, they've been carrying some heavy crosses already, and they might not be interested in kind of like, you know, increasing the size of the cross they're carrying right now. But you could ask yourself in your own Lenten journey, whatever crosses that you're embracing for this season of penance, the season of repentance and conversion of heart, whatever crosses that you've been carrying already throughout the pandemic, are those really being prompted by a sense of love? Mm. Are those being prompted into a sense of renewal in your relationship with Jesus? Uh, are you giving up chocolate just because, well, it's something I should be doing? Or is this actually leading you into... Um, Into a season of a a spirit of love, Um, I think one of the greatest things that we could do is to accept the limitations that are already upon us. We don't have to search very hard in the midst of a pandemic for limitations and for crosses, but can we just accept the limitations that are already upon us, and with a very transformative spirit, you know, use those as a catalyst into a response of love, use those as a motivating factor in one's uh, deepening response to Christian discipleship and just to really abide with Jesus. Um, I want to take a look at uh, Father Edward Lean's book on In the Likeness of Christ. This might seem like a little random reference (laughs) from a book. um, Weird flex, but okay. Yeah, Father Lean's book came out in uh, 1955. It's a beautiful little reflection called In the Likeness of Christ on different aspects of the life, life of Jesus, all the way from the infancy narratives of the Christmas season through the Easter mysteries. And I think one of the most really um, provocative things in this book is when he talks about the limits of Jesus. Huh. The limits that, you know, yes, he's divine. Yes, on one level he can do all things. But when he chose to accept humanity, he limited himself in many ways, uh, really veiling his divine glory with his humanity but also accepting the limitations that would come with that. Right. You know, um, he didn't try and show off his divinity every single day. He lived within the confines of an incarnational reality. And so uh, we haven't done this before on the podcast, but I'm going to read to you a couple of passages yeah, be great. that I think might just help set the stage for how we can all just embrace the limits that we find ourselves right now in this season of Lent, in this time and in this place in church history. And how can all of those actually lead us? into a response of Jesus to actually walk in his footsteps, okay? So thinking of the, the limitations of Jesus, thinking of some of the challenges that he faced, let me just read a couple of passages here for our own spiritual reflection. Father, Re- Father Lean writes this, Everything he had to do in his relations with men and with life made a tremendous demand on his human sensibility, for it was a difficult, toilsome, and ungrateful work, physically and mentally. His apostolic labors meant fatigue of body and still greater fatigue of mind. He could be but little understood in the world in which he moved. He met with little understanding and sympathy even from those most intimate with him. What must it have been with others? There was a constant and wearing opposition to his thoughts and his acts, but he knew in a mysterious manner God's purpose was fulfilled in his maintaining himself in the purest disposition in his work, in spite of all that would tend to disturb the balance of his soul. Like all human agents, he could not but seek the end of the work on hand. He could not teach but to persuade, reason but to convince, show love but to win affection and confidence in return. But he did not find in this the motive or inspiration of his work, it was as if he really were indifferent to results, as if even though his activities could not possibly have their natural intrinsic consequence, he would not have accomplished them with any less intensity or force. He saw the highest good in the thing, in the doing of a thing, as his father wanted it to be done, apart altogether from consequences, even if no successful issue, were possible. Hmm. And I'm just a couple pages later, I'm going to read one more passage for you here, just to kind of sense what Jesus was up against on a daily basis in a crowd that just didn't really always care about what he had to say, nor the goodness that he was seeking to unveil. Father Lean continues here Our Lord had constantly to drink to the dregs the cup of bitter and abject failure. He knew he would succeed in practically nothing regard being had to the immediate object of his personal action. And yet he did not, for all that, put any less firmness, force, and intensity into his acts. He labored with as much assiduity and heart as if he hoped to succeed, though with his vision of the immediate future, he knew he could not. And even if we abstract from the certitude of this foreknowledge, he read his failure in the signs of the times, as they revealed himself to his penetrating gaze. As he stood before the multitudes and set before them in gracious and eloquent, though simple and picturesque language, doctrines consoling as well as sublime, he could not read the positive resistance. He could read the positive resistance to truth, in the frozen glances of some the dullness begotten of vice in the looks of others, and absolute incomprehension in the eyes of most. He knew that he possessed the truth, and he knew, too, that he expressed it in the way best adapted to the human intelligence. He knew how these truths, if accepted, would, for his hearers, solve the riddle of existence, satisfy the restless yearnings of their souls, and banish all unhappiness, if not all pain, from their lives. He knew what the acceptance of these thoughts of his mind, which he clothed in such persuasive language, would mean of happiness for his fellow men, what loss would be involved for them in their rejection, and he used all the vast resources of his mind and soul to succeed, and he failed. I think Father Lean's description just was stunning the first time I read that.
0: Yeah. Any thoughts, Father? I got lots of thoughts. Wow. <laughs> you should be an audiobook <laughs> uh, reader. No, no, Father that was... Father Shane's yeah, audio that was, channel. <laughs> no, that was wonderful. I was just thinking that... Hmm, God gives himself according to our way of receiving. That's what he just said there at the end. Mm-hmm. But that Christ reveals humanity... To himself, that's what uh, Gaudi Mitzvah says. Christ reveals man to himself, mm-hmm. and and Jesus reveals humanity in its limitation, like like you're saying before, and like you just explained through through reading that passage. And Jesus does that because he knows whose he is and what he's about, mm-hmm. and he does that perfectly as the perfect man. But that's what that's what it that's what it means for us. That's what Lent is for us to. To recognize our limitations, meanwhile, knowing whose we are, beloved sons and daughters of the Father, and knowing what we're about, yearning toward heaven. Mm-hmm. And St. Paul's beautiful line of, I, I press on to the goal that lies ahead, life on high with Christ Jesus. because Jesus was able to accept those limitations because he knew that he was in constant relationship with the Father and knew what he was about, mm-hmm. saving, saving the world right. through his humanity. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there's you said that, well, there's a personal
1: limitation with Jesus just in his own incarnational humanity, Mm -hmm. right? And yet, even in that human limitation, as you say, he never kind of lost his sense of being. He never lost his identity in relationship to the Father, and he knew he kept succeeding every day because of his communion with the Father. And yet there's also another sense of limitation that Father Lean is pointing out here in terms of just concrete earthly success, right? right? I mean, just... You take this to prayer during the season of Lent. Imagine yourself preaching these words of Jesus standing in front of Pharisees and scribes in which Jesus in his divinity would see their cold hearts. Mm. He could see into their souls and know that they were rejecting him. He could look into the dull, unresponsive faces and know that these people didn't care and they were missing the truth that was literally standing right in front of them and entering in their ears. And for all of us in the sense of our own limitations, especially for those who work in the church and are very concerned with the evangelical efforts of the church or maybe her lack of, quote-unquote, marketable results in the midst of a pandemic, right. uh, take that to prayer during this season of Lent. Mm. Enter into the limitations of Jesus. He knows what it's like to not have marketable results on a spreadsheet. You know.
0: Yeah. Um, well, so, well and I'm just thinking too, it's like, and then he went from, no marketable results, Preaching in front of those people. And then if you've ever been to the Holy Land, then he walked like 10 miles to the next town up a bunch of hills. Mm-hmm. That That's just what was coming to my mind the whole time. It was like, there. you know, we think of like the efficiency of today. I mean, he wasn't even efficient in how he got around. Right. He was just walking around. So it's like, but realizing that he's walking up hills, miles on foot, still not discontented, even though he's experienced this failure. Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, he's, he's, he's willing this for our salvation. Right. He was staying in union with the Father.
1: He was fulfilling his mission of preaching the truth, preaching right. the kingdom of God in his personhood and in his words, fulfilling the prophecies of the Old Testament, bringing healing and comfort to others through his miracles. And even in the midst of that, the human fatigue, Right. The uh, the social rejection. Right. Didn't, yes, there, were, there was on one level that it, it, it did impact his humanity. I mean, he felt that burden, mm-hmm.
0: but it didn't crush him. <laughs> right. And teaching all the while his disciples how to do the same. Right. Like they were to go and spread the gospel throughout the world, then with the power of the Holy Spirit after Pentecost, but he formed them through that. Right. Through the daily fatigue, through the daily companionship, through their humanity. Right. Mm. Absolutely.
1: So, just as this season of Lent gets underway, I just think it's important that we can t- keep this in mind to enter into the limitations of Jesus and find our own response, you know, in his expression, in his experience, both in the pandemic, but also just in the crosses of this season, knowing that these things should not rob us of our deepest communion um, with the Father, as Jesus has shown us, uh, but also know that these crosses always carry um, a bigger significance. We don't beat ourselves up in Lent just to feel suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, these limitations that we inflict upon ourselves, uh, these are opening up new horizons in our in our faith journey. And I hope that's true for all of us, especially to all of our listeners. Father Travis, it's great being with you. Blessings on your Lenten season. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for those reflections. Well, you're welcome. We'll do this again. God bless everyone. Take care.
0: Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.